Welcome to the Food Panthers interview. I'm delighted uh, to welcome uh, Connell Sampson this morning. He's on a mission to change a million lives, one juice at a time. He started making nutrient-rich, plant-based drinks packed with ingredients like turmeric and ginger um, to help with his own aches and pains and his own health needs. But soon people were asking him what his secret was and he was making for friends and family and, and Revive was born. If you've seen him on Instagram, uh, at Revive underscore Mind Body, you'll know that he's recruiting and supporting more and more retailers and spreading the word. So uh, I'd like to say welcome to the webinar, Cornell. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning, everybody. So I guess the first question is, what were you doing before you founded Revive? Um, and had you always wanted, wanted to start your own sort of food or drink business? Immediately before starting Revive, I was working in merchant services and utilities. So uh, I was generating inquiries and leads through networking and then just um, signing people up on, on better deals to save money, et cetera. Um, Revive was never meant to be a business. Uh, Revive was always just about me, getting me fit and strong and healthy so I could carry on with the life that I designed, which revolved around being active, being fit, playing with the kids, you know, doing active weekends, walking, paddleboarding, all those sorts of things. So the mission really, really came out of, of your own experience. Is that right? Yeah, just for me, purely just for me. So can you tell me a little bit about Revive and, and the, the product range? Yeah. Um, so my, my research showed me that that turmeric and ginger were like the number one for relieving inflammation and pain in joints and muscles. So I started off looking for those products. Uh, the market is full of products that are synthetic, that are um, low quality, not very much active ingredient. So after a few months of research and um, a process of elimination, I came to the conclusion that my only alternative was to make a hundred percent natural product. So I went on to get some organic turmeric, organic ginger, organic limes, organic black pepper, filtered water, and formulated the drink. Along the journey, or at the very beginning of the journey, you sort of, um, I, I, I say I got sucked in. You, you meet business coaches, business advisors, and they sort of like have, they have a vision for what your business is gonna look like. And uh, they saw my turmeric and ginger drink and said, wow, that's great. That's fantastic. What else have you got? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we need to sell more stuff. And um, so I started thinking about what I had. And uh, I came up with a beetroot and ginger drink. Again, because I'm sporty and active, um, I wanted something that could enhance my performance. And beetroot has been shown to increase athletic performance by between 2 and 8%. It also has other properties that are really beneficial for people with poor circulation, um, heart problems, high blood pressure. So there's two markets there. Um, and I was going, yeah, so, so long story short, I, I ended up with a second product purely initially because I was egged on by, by business coaches. Um, I do have a third product, but that came out of my design because I wanted to find a way to get high amount of turmeric and ginger into my body without having to drink a litre every day. And I produce a little blend, which we add to absolutely everything. Um, cakes, 
soups, sauces, gravies, marinated meat, chicken fish, etc. It's quite a strong flavour. The um, the actual blend when you mix it into foods, porridge, cereals, scrambled eggs, cheese on toast, it's it's got a, it's got a slight peppery and um, citrusy flavour, but you can't tell it's turmeric. You know, there's only a hint of ginger. And same with the turmeric as well. It's more citrusy, more zesty than more people expect. Yeah. And that, that's interesting. So what has the customer um, reaction been like? How, how have you gone about sort of, did you do tests? At the very beginning of my journey, I thought I need some help. So um, I signed what we call our local Boost Lancashire Business Support. They directed me to Lancaster University. So I took one of the, a couple of their modules with the Lancaster Health Innovation Campus, and it part one a couple of the modules help you identify your perfect customer, your your customer avatar. And from what I from my own personal experience, then working through the course, my ideal customer was somebody who had a pain or discomfort, muscles and joints. They'd tried other products with little success. They'd done plenty of research and that money was no op no, no, not uh, an objection. So that was my ideal client avatar. Um, and what I actually found was when I offered my product to people, very rarely did they ask me how much it was. They just wanted something to get them better again so they could carry on with the rest of their life. Just over a year ago, this time last year, at this September, uh, August, September, I went onto Rottenstall Market, local village, uh, market village market, um, set up my turmeric and ginger display, thinking that this was not the ideal place to meet my client, but I was proven so wrong. You know, um, even if people came with a budget for that day and couldn't afford it on that day, 99 out of 100 came back the following day or the following week, bought a litre pouch and went away. So the, I spent three months on the market, and that was the perfect um, market research period that you could ever go through. They, they talked about the packaging, about the taste, about the presentation, about the product. You know, I just gathered so much information, just pure gold, you know, and, and I was making sales as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So you spent a lot of time talking to, you know, people passing by sort of thing and yeah so because what i what i did at first was put little samples on the um, on the on the on the bench with a couple of banners and some pictures and it just started the conversation and again i thought i'd have to educate the general public about turmeric and ginger i thought i'd have to find people with specific joint problems but that wasn't the case People, the, the general public are already aware of the properties of turmeric, especially and ginger, and because I didn't realize it, I I learned this over time. But almost every pain that we feel in our body starts with inflammation. So after about four or five weeks, people were coming back to me and saying, "Oh, my psoriasis is better, my IBS is better, my period pains are better." My menopause symptoms have gone down. And you, <laughs> the list of oh, my mouth ulcers, I've been gargling, my mouth ulcers have gone after a couple of days. The the fluid in my legs have gone. It, it was, I was just like, I was just like, 
overwhelmed, you know. So what I did, I'd go home each night and um, to do my research, I use a resource called the Cochrane Library. The Cochrane Library, uh, produced by the university, and they list all the experiments that are ever, ever carried out so that peers can go back, look at it, and re recreate it and test the hypotheses. I found a minimum of ginger had a better outcome for those ailments than any pharmaceutical. So, so now when I talk to people, I just say, have you got a pain? Do you have any do you have inflammatory conditions? No matter what it is, try this. And they all come back within two or three days telling me they, not, they, they notice differences. Is the product effectively the same recipe as it was when you started or have you developed it? It's, it's, it's pretty much the same. It's the same recipe. Um, I do have um, an engineering background. So it's my own recipe and it's also my own unique way of preparing the product as well. Because again, I looked at how other people were producing their products. I also looked into what the effects the product can have and how you can increase bioavailability to the body. And I, and I believe that mine is more effective and efficient than most of the others that, that, that are out there. That's brilliant. So, so the market sounded like a, a, a pretty great success. Is, is that something you still do? No, <laughs> I don't like to, oops, I don't like standing in the cold. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no, what, um, so when we start our business, Stephen, um, we, 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 we're told we've got to produce a business plan. And on your business plan, you write down your hypotheses, which is really your best guess about how it's going to go. In reality, your business plan isn't anything like what your business turns out to be. All your, all your assumptions are incorrect because we have no previous data to measure again. So my plan was to open a shop, which is where we are today. At the same time, I had the opportunity to go on the market. So I thought I'd go on the market, generate some income while I fix the shop up. Then I come back, open the shop and sell my product you know, into the, to the to the high street as a retailer. While I was on the market, two of my customers uh, rang me after a couple of days and said, I can't believe the difference this has made to me. Can we stop this in our shop? One was a fruit and veg, one was a, uh, an aesthetic style uh, salon. So I said, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> so I started to supply it to them and they started to retail it. And uh, as I came off the market, I got a third retail partner uh, to supply it. When I when I came off the market, um, shortly after, I listened to one of Frog Hop's um, seminars with Marcus, and Marcus explained how a business owner, a retail business owner, thinks in a farm shop, in a fruit and veg shop, and based on what he said, I developed my pitch. And I went and saw 28 business owners, 28, 27, 25 business owners, and 23 said, yes, we'll stock it. I'll have to let Marcus know about that. He'd be, he'd be chuffed about that, yeah. It was absolute gold. He told me, the way he explained it, so I developed my pitch just based solely on that, and 20, 22 out of 25 retailers said, yes, we'll stock it. And that's where I am today. 
so now I just manufacture my product and supply my retail partners, um, not fix the shop up. I don't do the market stuff, but I do go to wellness events because because that's another part of the where this this drink has taken take me on a slightly different journey from from where I started at the very beginning. I want to work in the wellness space. I think that's that, that that's the key is is having a plan but not being too tied to it and listening you know listening to what what the market you know what people are telling you basically you know what the market's telling you. But not but not only that. None of the business coaches ever asked what I want. They assumed that I wanted to be with Holland and Barrett. They assumed I wanted to turn out 10,000 pouches a day. They were so wrong, you know, and, and I told them, I said, don't talk to me. You, you've not even asked me what I want. And I don't want to be on the high street. I don't want to be in the multiples. I want to work with independents so that we can, we're sort of shopping local, we're supporting each other, you know, and, and move forward um, with that ethos. Um, are you selling online or is it is it all face-to-face physical kind of stuff so again you know the business coaches wow this would be great you can do this online you can get subscription model you can drop ship it you can do and i'm like (laughs) and and so i started to build a business with that sort of plan but then i thought it's not me it's not what i want you know it's i want to build community i want to have relations you know, I just I don't want just a transaction and, and away you go. I'm not saying it's not possible to build a community online, but the way that they were pushing me and talking, it wouldn't have been a community. So I will revisit an online presence to retail the product, um, but it'll be community-based first, you know, uh, building the relationships and then, you know, supplying the product. And, and, and some, in some way, it will also support the local businesses as well. So that is the plan to kind of expand locally from, you know, in, that, in your area in terms of your ge- geographical coverage. Is that is that the aim? Yeah, yes, it is because because what's happened? I started very local and we've it's gradually moved out, but I'm now getting calls, well, from Scotland, from London, from over in Yorkshire. People say we've heard about your product, we've seen your stuff. How can we get it? So I have been sending it out to them by courier, um, but yeah, there's nothing to stop me moving to the next postcode and talking to local retailers in that area then you know systematically uh, moving around the country that way uh can i ask how you're funding the business is it is, is, is investment is it bootstrapped we're bootstrapped. <laughs> we're bootstrapped um right again right at the very beginning uh when people try and try my product and i was looking about how to get it tested how to bring it to market etc um two or three individuals came to me and said we'd like to invest we'd like to invest we'd like to invest you know which which surprised me at first um the other thing was um i want to keep control and, and not because i'm i'm selfish but at the same time i was said you know i was listening to well a, a business coach said you you need to get something to start manufacturing it for you you know so you can do it at scale um, so I went to see a manufacturer, um, gave him my recipe, and he produced uh, a drink. And when I came back a few weeks, and he was going to test it as well, shelf, shelf life testing and all of that. When I went back to see him a few weeks ago, and he showed me the drink, I said, that's not my drink. <laughs> when I tasted it, I said, this is definitely not my drink. 
And he argued with me that it was, but it turned out he made, he changed the recipe to try and make it cheaper and more profitable. At the same time, I was listening to a podcast by a guy called GT Dave, who started a kombucha business about 25, 30 years ago. And he talks about his journey and his story and how, as his product gained popularity, more and more stores were, were stocking it. He was being approached by drinks companies, drinks manufacturers who wanted to invest or buy his business. But each one kept saying to him, we need to make it cheaper. We need to make it sweeter so more people will like it, etc." He refused to partner with them, kept his product authentic, and he's now the world's biggest kombucha um, distributor manufacturer uh, outside of Pepsi and, and those, those uh, big giants. Yeah. But he talked about he's kept control of his business and he's controlled the quality. And that's where I see myself. You know, At the moment, I manufacture it. And if and when I start to have staff or, I don't know, uh, share the business, I, I could license, I could franchise, I could... There's, there's lots of options that I could do with it, but essentially I will keep control to maintain the deliver the product because if it changes, then the results that the end user get changes. Yeah, we don't want that, you know. So it's not about the profit; it's you know, it's about the value and benefit that it gives to people. I did notice, I think somewhere on on the, on the website, you, you did you do a crowdfunder? Yeah, um, and again. You know, you listen to a business advisor and a business coach. Oh, you need to invest. You need this equipment. You need that. And I'm thinking, well, where am I going to get that from? You know, you know. I essentially I only needed a few hundred pounds, which I could put together myself, which I did. Yeah. So we did the crowdfunder, and we made it a rewards-based crowdfunder. I did get a few hundred pounds, which I exchanged for a product. But to be honest, Stephen, I didn't need. Um, the investment when I, when I realized when I realized that I didn't need these advisors then I just got on with it you know but what does the team at Revive look like what what is is pretty oh, much right. everything in-house or um yeah so, so I I have what you you probably call freelancers um but they're so integral to what I did so I have Catherine who's a quality time PA services um she was fantastic she she found the shop premises she got me the gig on the market she found a couple of clients and customers for me uh just organizes me does um admin business support but she also introduced me to um to sam gad of other studio who did the revived branding uh, and, and designs and she introduced me to dan his business is called chasing flags and 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 dan he, he teased out my story, uh, put together my marketing journey and my plan. And, and all three of them are still involved in the business on a weekly, if not daily basis, um, on updates, where we're going, what the next steps are. So, yeah, those, so that's what the team revive looks like. Um, and as we move forward, you know, I, I will co-op other people uh, into the business to help. Do you remember how you found Frog Up and decided to work with us? After my experience with the drinks manufacturer, um, I still knew I needed I needed to test. Um, I asked a, a couple of people in my network, and they they directed me to the council, uh, to Lancashire County Council for one, 
and then I did a bit of a search on online. Um, none of the people got back to you. Nobody returned your calls. When you talked to them, told them what you're doing, they weren't really helpful. So I think I was doing uh, another search and I found Prophop in a search and I made the call and I got a reply straight back. Then I got um, a follow-up from Joe and then I booked um, uh, a fact-finding call with Joe and everything. And I, I told Mel, I said, I can't believe this. I said, I've, I've tried three, four, five others and none of them returned my calls. And Mel said, oh, that's that's pretty standard for the industry. Like, you know, <laughs> but, but Frobhop returned my calls, followed up, told me what they were going to do. Then they did what they said they were going to do and later told me what they'd done. <laughs> so, what a radical approach to uh, customer service. <laughs> wow, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, that, and that's, that's been my experience. And, and from, from that, Frog Hop have now tested my, all my three products, you know, and, you know, and of course, we're having this conversation now. Brilliant. It's been great. I really enjoy your, um, your social media presence. It always, when it pops up in my feed, it, how important is it to you? Um, how do you find the time? And uh, have you got any tips for, for other founders on, on using social media? How important it is to me? Um, it's, it's all my success, 90, 80%, 90% of my success has been based on social media. Um, before starting the business, I wasn't on Facebook, wasn't on Instagram, had no interest at all. Uh, when I stopped, when I opened my, my account to make, um, the face, uh, to make a Facebook page for Revive, I had something like 500 friend requests that I'd never answered because you know, I'm just not interested. <laughs> so, but yeah, but the Facebook, well, Facebook and Instagram been, you know, have just organically grown the um, the awareness of the business and the product. Um, and what I did each time I got a retail partner, I'd find out what groups they were members of. I'd find out um, what area they're in, the groups we could do. And each time I make a post, I post to that group that retail partner is in and I tag them and, and say revive available from the best shop, you know, and, and, and then I, I then I'd do that for the next partner and look at their area and their groups. And last night I was just looking at, at the stats you can see and, and I'm in the thousand, I'm reaching thousands each time for each post, you know, it's just been fantastic. Um, where do you find the time? It's, it's a business expense. It's a business commodity. I have to, you have to do it or somebody has to do it and has to, has to do it well. So, you know, um, I've done a little bit this morning. I'm, I'm writing a series of blogs. I was doing some last night. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not 24 seven into this. It's, it's I'm, I very much like my leisure. You know, I like to keep active, I like to keep fit. I like to socialize, you know, I like to go out and, I'd spend time with family, so I'm, it's not all-consuming, all but I do slot times out for it and try and be effective and efficient when, I, when I'm doing it. So it's, it's been massively important. You have to make the time. And what I would say was that it's, it's taken from last year to, the, to, to maybe two or three months ago to find my style that people resonate with in delivering my content, you know, um, getting confident with what I'm doing, how I'm going to do it, et cetera. So 
what I did at the beginning to get me here won't be what I do in the future to improve the business. And if, if, if as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as startups, if you can remember that, then we'll, we'll be all right. You know, you, you look at somebody, you know, I'm, I didn't start doing what I'm doing here. I started over there somewhere and it's been a learning process, a practice process, seeing what works to get me to, to this point now. I think you've kind of just talked about it, but I was going to ask what your goals are for the next couple of years. You know, where do you want to be, um, you know, in, in two or three years with uh, with Revive? Okay, so there's, there's a few little targets. Um, when I looked at Revive as a business, um, for me to have uh, an income that I, I, I could see my lifestyle money, I need to do uh, a thousand litres a month. Um, and we're about, we're about a third of the way there. Uh, I've just slowed with my looking for retail partners while I scale up my production side. After that, the, 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 other, the, other, goal, the other goals that I do are, are around wellness and, and delivering that message. It really, you know, I, I go to wellness events and I'm talking to a room and I say, hands up, everybody. They all put their hand up. I said, do you... Are you or somebody you know suffering from pain or inflammation in the body? And 95, 96, 97% of the room leave their hands up. That's the size of the problem that we have in society today. And I, on the market, it is the same. Almost everybody that stops said, oh, yeah, this hurts, that hurts. I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. So I feel we, we need to, to educate each other and find out what's causing it and what we can do to start to help ourselves get better. Um, I'm trying to find the model that suits me to do that. And one of the ways I'm doing that is, is to partner with other wellness uh, practitioners. And once we get an inquiry, the, the, the revived product is great for starting the conversation. Right, you've had that, you felt a bit of relief. What other changes can you make in your life that will carry on with the improvement? And we all know that the answer. We need to sleep better. We need to eat better. We need to be more active. We need to stop getting stressed at work or, or change our work, change where we live, change who we hang around. We all, we all know the answer to all of these things. But it's getting people to realize that we can make these changes a little at a time, a small step at a time. So I think that's going to be my route for Revive. We're on a mission to change a million lives, one juice at a time, but I'm going to need a little bit of help with other people to do that. Fantastic. That's, that's fascinating stuff, uh, Cornell. But thanks for your time. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, if anyone wants to try Revive for themselves, um, well, actually, no, I was going to say go online, but actually you're going to have to hot foot it up to the uh, the Rotenstall area. <laughs> well, we, we have spread out a little bit. We are in, in Chorley, we're in Garstein, uh, we're in uh, we're in a few other towns in and around. But if, if you do contact me, um, I can arrange to send it out by courier, but, uh, but I, I don't mind doing that. So the website is www.reviveyourself.life. And thanks again, Cornell, for joining us. My pleasure, Rich. Thank, thanks for having me on. The um, the webinar that Cornell mentioned uh, that um, Marcus Carter presented for us is on the website. So if you go to frockop.co.uk forward slash resources, uh, you'll find it in there under sales and marketing, I believe. And the previous podcasts are all available at frockop.co.uk forward slash podcast. Um, 
And we're back uh, with one more before Christmas on the 16th of December. Monica Martini from B100% is joining me. And you can save your place at froghop.co.uk forward slash kitchen. And again, thank you, Cornell. You know, it, it just fascinating story. It's such, and lots of really good advice, I think, as well for the founders. So uh, thanks for your time. Bye for now.